special edition of the Protect Your Neck podcast, interviewing UFC One Origins director Mason Gordon about his upcoming film that releases on October 16th. Let's go. My body's ready, my heart's on fire. Up, my friends. This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find over at MMA Junkie as well as LineMovement.com. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA, although we'll be doing things in a much different way today. This is a bonus episode, an interview episode, uh, one I promised you a couple days ago as per Dan Tom fashion, which I know upsets some of you all when I refer to myself in the third person jokingly, albeit thankfully... I was a bit late on this one. Nevertheless, um, still plenty of time as the release of UFC One Origins, the documentary directed by Mason Gordon, who I'll be speaking to here today, and it'll be uploaded on the YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA. If you want to subscribe to that, thank you very much. Um, that, That will not be released until October 16th, so... 10 days from the release of this podcast, and uh, there will be a special pay-per-view. Of course, that's available on VOD, all services, iTunes, all that fun stuff, but October 14th, if you want to get an early peek, um, if you weren't able to get a screener, like your boy here, um, on October 14th, pay-per-view, a live stream Q&A hosted by some guy named Ariel Helwani. You might have heard of him. Um so that'll be going down two days earlier on the 14th. You can get all that information, the links to, therefore, at UFC1Doc.com. Of course, UFC or- One Origins is going to be, be produced by uh, Gunpowder and Sky, who did Hoop Dreams. And it's brought to you and produced also by Mandalay Bay, or Mandalay, Mandalay Bay, I'm so used to saying Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Sports Media, who did The Last Dance, which Mason Gordon worked on uh, as well. I uh, was able to talk to him a bit about that. Um, he was able to give us a little bit of info that more is coming down the pipe uh, toward the end there as far as these sports documentaries tried to poke his brain. I'm like, what are we getting? Are we getting hockey next? What are we getting, Mason? Um, you know, uh, but Mason Mason was, a, was, 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 was great. It was a great interview. Um, it was really surprising. He's actually, you know, it's always good to know that these things are being uh, taken care of by, you know, hardcores uh, at heart if you will, and, well, this is a dude that, you know, kind of stole his mom's credit card, I believe, to go watch the old UFC one. Um, So, I mean, he's been, he's been, he's been watching it for quite some time, and he even uh, started a sport uh, that that caught some uh, uh, niche popularity that I remember around the 2008 to 2010 or 11 era. Um, Slam Ball, if you're familiar with that. Mason actually invented that, so this guy's not just a producer or director. Um... He's out there and in the mix, man, and uh, was a good dude to talk to. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the interview. I know interviews aren't normally my thing. Uh, there are plenty of people who do it much better than me, but um, I actually do enjoy some interviewing, and, of course, I can thank my guys over uh, MMA Junkie George and, uh, of course, the goes there, MMA Junkie Radio, being able to get uh, repetitions uh, through them, some of, some of uh, my favorite interviewers in the game and some of the OGs and the best, of course. 
But um, just wanted to give them a shout. But yeah, uh, so uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys uh, dig the interview. Tried to ask about things like the Gracies. What I really liked, and, and I talked about it in the interview, is they really got some awesome footage um, and like pictures and just stuff I've never seen before. Not just of Horian, Horian, and, and the story that they focus on, which I admittedly was not as familiar. Right, I mean, I'm familiar with the very beginning, you know. Uh, Mitsuyo Maeda, you know, uh, going over to Cuba first, right, with the judo that I talked about with Tommy Elliott. But after that, uh, pro wrestling affair and, and, and indoctrinating, you know, g- giving them a dose of judo, he, he did make his way over to Brazil, where, of course, um, he was kind of the gateway. Of course, judo to jiu-jitsu, gateway martial art of transference, but the gateway to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, Maeda helped provide that, right? Um, and then we were, of course, familiar with the story of it coming together, though, you know, depending on who you're interviewing, has their own spin. They did a really good job of kind of trimming that fat, which is hard to do. I've interviewed some of these people too, myself, like the Art Davies of the world. Um, and uh, and yeah, so they really focused on that middle part, and they had just really good footage. You kind of see that wealth disparity uh, you hear of the Gracies, right? Um, you know where they came from, which kind of makes Horian's story all the more unique uh, in that sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just, it just made me, you know, they they do a good job for jujitsu. They do a good job for the, you know, um, UFC. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of things I can't think of it off the top of my head that you could probably nitpick once you see it. Like, oh, well, maybe that was slightly off or okay, maybe that, that, you know, but they're really like super minor things that like a hypervigilant mind myself had to pick like something in the background. Like it wasn't a focal point, like. They didn't get anything major wrong, in other words. Or if they left anything out, it wasn't anything that really needed to be in there. Uh, so I could see why it was either left out or maybe he just hit the cutting room floor, so to speak. So, um, you know, I tried to be critical. Uh, and, and I don't have the director in front of me right here. Um, so, you know, I can, you know, you guys know that I'm very honest. Um, that being said, I, I, I did enjoy it, you know. I really did. I honestly, I came away learning new things. And I can honestly, thirdly... Uh, recommend you guys check it out when it when it comes out i'm not being paid i'm not a part of this uh was gracious enough to get the invite and um you know i don't want to just greedily take screeners uh you know without giving something back doing some promotion giving something to my audience making everybody a winner and uh and yeah so i was more than happy that i i ended up taking the dive as busy as my schedule (laughs) has been lately um, this was well worth um, me making the time for, so it should be well worth you making the time for as well. <clears throat> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I don't want to timestamp this episode too much, but again, go subscribe and check it out on YouTube if you want to see the video, Daniel Tom MMA, and uh, I'll be back later this week, folks, um, for a breakdown episode for the card that's going on, and again, I don't want to timestamp things too much so thank you again for supporting this podcast supporting the youtube channel and i hope to bring you more uh cool things uh to to help fill content and fill your time appreciate you guys always protect your neck What's up, everybody? Dan Tom here with the Protect Your Neck Podcast, as well as MMA Junkie USA Today Sports, to talk about something that bridges our world, as well as a world that I like through the lens of of film. Of course, it's always great to have our world, if you will, UFC, kind of, you know, uh, 
documented and, and, and kind of hitting more of the mainstream as time has gone, gone on, especially for us longtime fans. So it's an honor and pleasure for me to bring in Mason Gordon, who produced, directed uh, UFC One Origins. You may know him. He's he's uh, he's got some things I want to talk to him about, perhaps uh, that connect to this. Uh, Mason, uh, welcome welcome to the program, man. Thank you for coming. Sorry, man. The uh, the connection was a little janky there, uh, but uh, thanks. It's great to be on the show. Awesome, yes, sir. And you know, when I was pulling you up before we get into the. Uh, the documentary, I guess, why, what would draw you to this type of project in your background? When I could look up what I could find from your background, uh, you were the creator of Slam Ball. Of course, you you work for uh, other production companies and are attached to things like The Last Dance, which I loved. Um, but you yourself kind of created a sport, if not. Is there a, is there a connection there, or am I just, am I just you know, uh, throwing darts at the wall, Mason? No, there's a huge connection there. And this film was in a lot of ways a full circle moment for me. Uh, I was actually, you know, a kid that stole my mom's credit card to watch UFC one because I was so drawn to the possibilities of what that event could be. So, you know, I had never ordered anything pay-per-view in my life. Uh, I was trying to figure it out with the phone and the credit card and uh, trying to get it ordered. I ended up watching it uh, in, you know, a back room and my mind was completely blown over the course of, you know, one event over the course of one night, the entire fighting world got turned on its head and it would never be the same. And I was so inspired by what I experienced that night in watching this kind of sea change that, you know, about 10 years later, 15 years later, I created my own sport uh, that was a mashup of, of different team sports elements. And that was called Slam Ball. And it's a, a sport that a lot of people know and a lot of people, you know, think really fondly about. It was also got a global uh, kind of footprint and had some success as well. So to be able to come back and tell the story of that first night in the UFC, given it given that that event had such a profound uh, effect in the trajectory of my life. And to be able to circle back around on that as a filmmaker has really been rewarding for me. That's awesome, man. I I do remember Slam Ball, yes. But what I love about what you produced here, which I didn't realize that, you know, I love the stealing the mom's credit card stories. I feel like even though there's credit card buying, I feel like there there is something about the 90s that was special, right? (laughs) Whether it was a piracy or, or lack thereof you know the, the piracy was you had to steal your mom's credit card that was the internet piracy kids now i'm not That's gonna it. i'm not gonna front mason i i didn't watch that exact uh event live i was watching of course you know all the blood sports i grew up with uh i, I i'm 35 so i was born in 85 so i was uh, already in, in martial arts and in that world but it wasn't until maybe the late 90s and perusing those blockbuster aisles another reference for the 90s kids out there um, that's where it kind of came on on my radar. But what I love was, you know, watching the documentary, which, by the way, I'm not just blowing smoke uh, for listeners watching. This was awesome. And, again, it's, it's, it's obviously a topic that I'm familiar with, not just with martial arts. I love me some history. And working with MMA Junkie Radio on Sirius XM, I've been lucky enough to interview a lot of the people that have been in the documentary. Obviously, guys like Art Davey, very key individuals. And folks, without giving anything away, uh, I walked away with a lot of new information, which was fantastic. But you also kind of captured that that nostalgia uh, of of the 90s and even before so. You guys really get, got, got a lot of 
a lot of great material handy. Was that was that hard to acquire uh, from footage, especially the Gracie stuff, like early on, right? I got to imagine that took some negotiating or tracking down. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you go into a premium uh, kind of documentary space like this and you're trying to tell the definitive story, you're really creating a difficult kind of labyrinth for yourself to navigate. And part of why the UFC origin story really hasn't gotten this premier, like, you know, feature linked treatment before is because it's hard to get all these guys to buy in. It's hard to get people to trust you with their story. Everybody's looking at you a little bit sideways, like, what's your angle here? Um, and, you know, it's like, you know, well, what's my part in it? And the, the great thing about coming from our company, Mandalay Sports Media, is like, we work with the biggest leagues, we work with the biggest stars, you know, we tell stories at a really high level. So we wanted to bring that to the UFC origin because we can't believe that people don't know this story. This is one of the greatest sports stories of all time. I mean, think about it. Martial arts, by the numbers, is the second largest sport in the world from a participatory standpoint. It's soccer and then it's martial arts. And UFC, over the course of a single night, managed to organize that mammoth, gigantic market into something that we all have come to know and love so tremendously and follow with such passion. So, you know, when you set out to do this thing, everybody's kind of looking at you a little bit sideways. And what I was able to do and why I ended up getting the job is because I told them, listen, I was so blown away by what happened that night. Like I went and made my own sport. I lived the holy shit like factor, that, that stretch where every decision you make has like a thousand domino effects downstream. Every decision you're like balance on the edge and the whole thing's gonna fall apart if you get this wrong. And the fact that I had lived through that and I came to them and I said, listen, a lot of people would come to this film and make it about punching and kicking. And while that's really important to me, the entrepreneurial side of the story was every bit as important. The background of these fighters and the idea that trauma is what brought them into prize fighting in the first place, that's really the great stuff that drew me into this. And I think in hearing my story, guys trusted that they could give me the reins and that I try to do something good with it. I love that too. You, I feel like there's so many branch offs people could take and run with it, but of course they, they probably couldn't do it as good at the production level that you guys are running and what I just saw, frankly. Uh, but I, I love that you, you mentioned with that fighter mentality and, and the interviews and kind of had that interplay. You know, for documentary styles, it feels like you guys mixed a lot of different styles, but it really worked. Even stuff that kind of hit me from left field, like if it's not too much of a spoiler, there is a bit of an animation aspect, which is kind of may sound surprising considering you guys had such great access to footage. But I, I legitimately had laughs. I, I was popping at parts. Um, I, I hope that was the intention, but it, it definitely felt like you guys really um, hit the mark stylistically for what it's worth, which kind of makes sense, right? That's what the documentary is about, mixed martial arts, mixing styles. But uh, it... it I only studied it in college for a little bit. It's not my place to talk, but for what my opinion's worth, I really enjoyed the the editing and, and documentary styles you guys mixed in there as well. Well, thank you for that. I mean, since uh, you know one of our other projects, The Last Dance, came out this summer, 
um, and you know had a really great reception. This is actually our next project that's coming out after the last dance. So we're really proud of it. Uh, we really think we brought our A game to this. I love that you know the the stylistic mixture made sense because we were trying to do that, and then also. You know, The Big Short is probably my favorite film of all time, right? And that's blending drama and comedy and kind of absurdism in a way that, uh, that you know, hopefully produces a coherent result. So we, we came to this and we said, wow, there's so, many there's so many characters and people are coming to this from so many different places. This is the first time, like the Gracie archives have really been thrown open and you've really had access to material that you've never really had access to do in order to tell the complete story. And the Gracies are almost like, you know, Brazil is almost like Wakanda to them, you know, and they're almost like this royal family that's shrouded in mystery and they guard their secrets, you know? So the idea that they had the buy-in in this, that our Davy was a part of it, that all the fighters that are still alive were a part of it, um, you know, that was something that was incredibly gratifying. And we just really can't wait to share it with the world because as big as the last dance was for us early this year, we believe in this story so much. And we think that, you know, a lot of people know a little bit about the story. They've seen five minutes at the beginning of a 30 for 30 or something like that. But this story is so wild and outlandish. Um, it really deserves its own treatment. Yeah, and again, without giving anything away, I, I want I want the audience uh, to go experience it for themselves, of course. But and and, I, and I'm not you know some authority, but but yes, I, I've spent a lot of my time. It's now my career, etc., so on and so forth. Uh, was involved in martial arts at the time, and to to come away with something that's been covered, you know. And I'll be honest, like I'm like, okay, what am I going to really get here? I've seen so much of this. I've interviewed, and I honestly came away with a lot uh, that I didn't know. And you talked in the beginning, Mason, about kind of, you know, that being the problem in a way. You dig yourself a hole when you take take this project. And again, without giving it anything too much away, but you mentioned about the Gracie archives, I do love that you guys gave that approach because not only is it a, an amazing sport and people should know about the story, I sign off on everything you said, but the beginning, I dare say, without giving away too much, I feel like you guys are really going to have a lot of the jiu-jitsu crowd thumping hard for you guys because you guys did a really ju a justice for jiu-jitsu. It, it's, you know, really make, I already, I'm already sold on jiu-jitsu. I love it. And I'm like, oh, I want to go do jiu-jitsu now. This is making me love jiu-jitsu more. Um, but just really quick on that with the Gracies and the beginning without, you know, giving too much away. But like, I feel like I knew the, the, the Maeda story, which is a different story you guys don't really touch on and it's not relevant, so I don't blame you for it. And then obviously we get to the UFC when they start mixing with Art Davey and getting things running. I was not familiar with the Ro uh, the, the Horian story uh, as you guys delve into it and to reference an 80s movie I grew up on, Coming to America. It, was, it, it really felt like the Brazilian real-life version of Coming to America, again, in keeping with the theme of this whole thing feeling like a movie in the first place. Well, how important is it, like especially in the day and age that we're in right now, that we reaffirm the value of immigrant stories, right? Here was someone that, you know, the story about the American immigrant story is about people that have no resources, that are just chasing like this better life. Well, here's somebody whose life was actually better in Brazil. And he was so driven and so determined to come to the States and spread his family's art around the world um, that's something that, you know, I really uh, was blown away by uh, his commitment, 
the hardships that he endured along the way, and then also just the ability to stick with it. Like there, there's a, a a point in this film uh, that I don't think you know people know where he endured years and years and years, and I'm not talking about a couple years. I'm talking about you know a decade or more of like. Of, of like complete uh, uh, anim uh, of com being completely off the radar. Nobody knows what you're doing. Toiling away in a garage of all things, and just having no uh, no uh, uh, compromise to his vision for where he wanted to take it. And you know, you mentioned jujitsu. Uh, you know, jujitsu really, uh, in a lot of ways, became a glue uh, that happened that night that formed the basis of how these other martial arts could interact. And I thought that that was, that was really an interesting thing. And also the notion that I think audiences will find that the UFC as it was originally conceived is so different from what it is today. And to be able to go back and AB that thing, now it was way more like Kumite or something like that than what you have today, which is much more of a blend of all these styles. But to be able to see what it was originally conceived at, you know, before all this evolution, uh, I, th I thought was really tremendous. And going back into that archival, I was excited. I was like, Wow, it's like every every fight, it's like I'm seeing shades of Connor and Izzy and you know all these and uh, Khabib and all these amazing fighters that we know and love today. But you see them in their proto uh, prototype forms, like in that first night. Yeah, I, that, that's always the fun part of history, right? When you have these parallels, you can jump to. Well, uh, for me, you know, my main gig is analyzing these fights and breaking it down. And any time being a history buff, anytime I can, you know, have a nod to, you know, the first time we saw this type of matchup, you know, it goes goes back to here. And you guys have some great montages um, that are really well done. I'll just leave it at that as far as counting in and counting out um, of those eras. But uh, and I guess, I guess the, one of the last notes on the Gracies I wanted to ask about, because, you know, I interviewed uh, Bao Wen as far as the Bruce Lee documentary that just came out. Um, and again, you're dealing with an important martial arts family. Uh, you know, that, 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 that deserves respect and reverence, obviously, and you did a good job of respecting everybody. Um, I, I don't feel like you crossed any, you guys crossed any lines. I don't think people are going to be knocking on your door going, hey, I don't like this final cut. Um, but, however, when you do deal with these families, uh, you, you know, uh, you, sometimes they're reserved, you know, as far as uh, releasing this kind of footage. So that's why I guess I made that note in the beginning that that was very interesting because you don't see this stuff floating around loosey-goosey uh, for a reason, especially early on, you're seeing the estates and kind of really that that money that you heard about that the Gracie family came from, which is also why make why it makes the Horian story um, so rewarding and interesting. The fact that he chose that you know kind of going away from the money and being the prince, if you will, with the coming to America thing that I inserted. But it, it I, I really love that story, and you guys did a great job of showing that spectrum. Yeah, interestingly enough, there like I said. People have tried to address the uh, the origin story of the UFC before in part, right? It's like the 25-year retrospective of the UFC. There's like, you know, five minutes at the beginning. There was something they did at the beginning of a 30 for 30 with, you know, Chuck and Tito, where they did like, you know, five or six minutes on what the beginning of the UFC was like. But the nuances of what happened that night and how all this stuff came together. And what we saw when we were researching the doc is that there were these kind of like far-flung 
interviews that we saw that people were interested and we saw that all these people wanted to talk about this, but they couldn't quite, nobody could quite get everybody together and everybody on board. So that was our mission from the beginning. It's like trying to come in, trying to create a structure where everyone felt comfortable telling the whole story. And then from there, we just tried to do, you know, what we do and try to bring uh, those elements together in the most entertaining and informative way possible. And I'm so glad that, you know, even someone is as uh, uh, you know, well-versed in the, the lore and all these things as yourself comes away from this knowing a lot of things that they didn't know coming in. I mean, eight out of 10 people think that, you know, the Fertitas's or Dana White created the UFC. I mean, right. that's legit. That That's today. Yes, yes. So, like, the, the idea of being able to shine a light on that, that and then also just revalidate how wonderful and how special the UFC we have today is because these these entrepreneurs and fighters and broadcasters were so in over their head that night. They were so against the ropes and they didn't know it. They didn't care. They were just, they were, they had blinders on and they were like, no matter what, we're going to get through this and it's all going to work out. And who'd have thunk it, but it kind of did. Yeah, and the nuance is a great word because, and with the broadcast, like the burp, I'll leave it at that. But there are things that hardcores only know and would think that you guys would leave out. Not only do you guys include it, but you expand upon it and end up teaching the hardcores, like myself, something about it in return. And lastly, kind of retouching on that note, I, uh, a question I, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, uh, I could totally see the challenge, like you said, uh, the main challenge as far as bringing everybody together. Um, to tackle it in the first place, right? Forget about the styles you chose, which were great, but bringing everybody together. And I was going to ask you, when, when I would interview these people, I also feel like, especially the higher you go, um, you know, as far as more, you know, more important to the story, if you will, everybody has their own spin, I noticed. They love to tell their own side of the story. Um, so I was wondering that, I guess, you know, trying to get everybody together, everybody has their own spin. Um, and you did your own research beforehand, was there any answers that surprised you that maybe you thought, okay, he's going to give this answer for the umpteenth time, but you got a different answer? Was there anything like that? Yeah, I, there, there were a lot of uh, kind of factional elements and conflicting stories. Uh, and you have that. Anytime there's something that's this successful, you have a lot of people that are like, well, this is how it is in my brain. And and it doesn't really match up with what other people are saying and what other people think. And what's fascinating about that to me is that you have to, they really think that way. Everybody's got, memory is fungible, right? It's all got this like kind of slant to it where they're like either a bigger part of it or they're the hero or what have you. And what we tried to do in telling the story is validate, give everyone their say and try to validate their uh, their point of view to the extent that they're willing to communicate it and give the audience a chance to really make the final decision. And in some of these things, you know, we unearthed some pretty amazing stories of things that have happened behind the scenes that people have touched on and stuff. But then when you have access to you know, our Davies stuff and the Gracie archives and all this kind of thing, you're like, wow, there are photos from in that room. So how do we tell that story? And what's his perspective? And what's his perspective? And how do you fit all these things together? So it's kind of like a puzzle. But it's ultimately 
being able to access all these documents and things that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to involve in, in a documentary like this, I think was, was really uh, compelling on a lot of fronts. Absolutely. And I, I love the edits in there as far as like the sale and stuff. And you guys really did a good job of getting it in there because even with the focus that you guys have given it and the respect you guys gave it, it's still hard to fit perhaps everything you, uh, you want. You know, you guys did such a good job of bringing this back to the early 90s and giving us insight into these characters and their growth since then. It sparks all these other ideas, you know, and, and you guys do a good where, where are they now tie up. But uh, b- before we talk any further, I feel like I'm going to give keep giving it away. So I really want to stress people um, to watch it. Now, uh, I don't believe I gave you the opportunity um, at the top, but uh, as far as, you know, pay-per-view uh, viewing uh, location or anything you want to plug as far as this coming up, because... Uh, I can already guarantee you people are going to want to know where they can find this, when it drops, uh, etc. Can you give us any kind of information uh, as of right now? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, UFC One Origins is the next project from Mandalay Sports Media. We did The Last Dance this summer, uh, which the Michael Jordan series did, did really well. But we're excited to kind of bring that storytelling to the UFC and the UFC origin. Um, and then... Uh, our distributor is actually Gunpowder and Sky, who distributed Hoop Dreams and Cinna, which are two of the greatest sports docs that have ever existed. So they were really my dream date to distribute the film. The film's going to drop on October 16th. It'll be available everywhere. You can get a new a new film uh, from the studios. So iTunes, Fandango, uh, Vudu, all of those services. Uh, it'll be available on VOD, and then. Uh, On October 14th, two days before it drops, uh, we're going to have a uh, pay-per-view live stream premiere of the film that will include a fighter's Q&A with some of your favorite fighters from the first UFC. That will be hosted by Ariel Hawani. And then an entrepreneurship uh, Q&A hosted by Damon John of Shark Tank. So that'll be Horan Gracie and, and Art Davey and, and myself. So that should be a, a really good time. It's a one-of-a-kind event. Nobody's ever uh, really put this kind of together in one event before. Uh, so you can go to UFC1doc.com. You can see the trailer. You can get your tickets there. And uh, we're, we're excited for people to see this. We, we put a lot of love and, and blood and sweat into this, not unlike what the fighters and promoters did uh, in 1993. Yeah, again, folks, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke when I can say I co-sign on this. This is definitely worth the watch. Track it down, whether you want to do the pay-per-view party there or otherwise, uh, make sure you follow those instructions. And I wouldn't be doing my job, even though I'm more of an analyst than a journalist. But to be honest, you guys just got me interested. I was a big Chicago Bulls fan uh, growing up, Scottie Pippen fan more specifically. Loved the last dance. Uh, and you got Obviously, you guys saw the success of it. The whole world did. Uh, as far as Mandalay Bay Sports Media Group, I don't want to get you in trouble uh, or to reveal any plans, but are we going to be seeing more of these in general? Maybe not another MMA one straight off, but maybe hockey or any other sports? What's anything coming down the pipe that you can hint or share? Yeah, we, uh, we've actually been really uh, kind of overwhelmed by the response to The Last Dance, and part of that has really kind of created an opportunity to canonize that format, this kind of macro series format. So we have some big names that we're gonna be announcing shortly uh, that we're through business affairs on and we should be able to make some announcements of of similar projects 
uh, that should be coming to you in the, the months and years ahead. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. And if you want to talk about those, this has been great. I'd be more than happy to talk about the other projects as they come out. Fantastic job again, Mason. Anything else you want to say on the way out? Uh, the floor is yours, but thank you for your time today. Uh, this was amazing. Thank you. And, you know, I think that uh, hardcore UFC fans were, are really going to be satisfied and, and come away with a lot of additional knowledge that they may not have had. But then this is also kind of a bigger story. I don't think, you know, uh, you have to be completely inured in the world of MMA in order to appreciate this story because, you know, we're all at the end of the day, you know, we've all got this dream inside ourselves that we want to get out, that we want to see, like get into the world and grow into this kind of like, you know, seismic change. And for a bunch of guys that, were you know uh, uh, completely uh, overextended in 1993 to take this shot to to take this opportunity to throw their whole you know body self and soul up against the wall and see if it's stuck. Uh, you know I think it's nice to circle back around and and kind of validate their stories and try to give it the the, the premium uh, documentary treatment. Perfectly said. Thanks again, folks. I'm going to let the man end it with uh, those notes before I ruin it any further. Thanks for tuning in to the Protect Your Neck Podcast. <laughs>